This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. As we enter this November, I would like to note, uh, sort of as an aside to what you'll be hearing for the rest of the month, that uh, yours truly will actually be in Australia, chasing the solar eclipse to take place on the 13th our time, on the 14th Australia time, and uh, cavorting a bit around the Pacific Rim. We will, however, still bring you fresh radio parallaxes throughout the rest of the month, just the same. How do we do it? Modern technology. Mr. McMillan will be here minding the fort and should be able to accept your contributions to the program in my absence. I'm just kidding about that, but we do want to remind people that you can contribute to KDVS and, of course, our sister station, KZFR, during times other than the Pledge Drive. While the Pledge Drive is going on, by all means, do what you can to support us. We do need your help, but you can do it all year round. My understanding is you're also able to contribute to individual shows if you so choose. I know This Week in Science does direct solicitations for, uh, for financial support. So doggone it, we're going to look into doing the same. I'm not sure how this works right now, but we're going to find out and we're going to do it by the book, if, if possible. It is expensive to bring you a program such as this one on a monthly basis uh, with costs running to, I don't know, about $1,000 a month. But uh, I don't want to say too much about this right now because at this moment in time, I basically don't know what I'm talking about. But see, unlike other programs, we admit it when we don't know what we're talking about. We would say that it doesn't happen often, but, you know, it does happen. Today, of course, is our last program before the upcoming election, so this will be our election program. In our second segment today, we're going to try and take a look at some of the ballot props, which always fill up our... our, uh, Time in the voting booth, if you're a Californian. But we'll also try to take a look at uh, national elected offices. We've been saying for some time on this program that the chances of an Obama victory were, uh, were quite high. But in the wake of the current uh, edition of Harper's Magazine explaining how the Republicans are intending to steal this one in earnest, we're going to have to take a close look at what's likely to happen on November 6th. We'd like to forward promote at this point some guests we'll be having on in November. Oh, and by the way... Next week's program will be preempted. This marks one of the very few times in our 10 years here on the air that uh, we have a face to preemption, but it's for a worthy cause. KDVS for 48 hours is going to take a look back at the legendary rock station KZAP, during which time DJs from that uh, that, uh, station will come on and some musical selections from that era will be played. This should be a lot of fun. And we hope you will tune in next week for that. We'll be back on the air as scheduled on November 15th, during which time we expect to speak with uh, Ngayo Bilam, a very funny man and cannabis advocate. He's now uh, writing a column for the Sacramento News and Review titled The 420. We'll be tackling with him the provocative topic of cannabis and sex. Mr. Bielam has uh, received queries in his capacity as a columnist asking him about uh, the supposed inhibition of sexual activity related to cannabis use. And being that yours truly does operate a clinic that treats erectile dysfunction, we're, we're going to take that issue by the horns, so to speak. The week after that, we'll mark our annual Thanksgiving program. 
It's a rather sad anniversary, this particular Thanksgiving, however, because this date marks 49 years after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy back in 1963. We find this to be a curious topic, so we hope to bring you James Diogenio, who's written extensively about the things related to the murder of our late president. Uh, not an ideal choice, I realize, for a, a holiday show, but it is an important, if tragic, topic. So we will be speaking with James Diogenio on that date. He will have a new book out at that time, a redo of his original volume, Destiny Betrayed, which is quite a quite a good study of matters related to the Jim Garrison investigation of the case. Uh, I hope that if you have not seen Oliver Stone's uh, terrific movie, JFK, you will do so between now and that time. Oliver Stone did not get everything right in that movie, but contrary to what can be led to believe by government authorities, he did, in fact, get an awful lot of it correct. This might be a time to note that when I, when I claim that uh, Oliver Stone's JFK is a terrific movie, which I do claim, that opinion, like every other heard in this program, does not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regions of the University of California. It also does not necessarily represent the opinions of rogue Central Intelligence Agency operatives, Texas oil men, Southern Christian fundamentalist extremists, shadowy mob-related figures, anti-Castro Cubans, the remnants of the Lyndon Baines Johnson political machine, and former Radio Parallax guest Vincent Bugliosi. By the way, we have the utmost respect for Vincent Bugliosi, which is why he's been on the show three times. However, in the JFK case, we do believe he is out to lunch. Uh, Deb, we got a call on line one. It's uh, Vince Bugliosi. Ooh, tell him I'm busy. All right, our last show of November, we expect to have Gordon Smith return to us to talk about his adventures in Turkey. Gordon did a great job some months back educating us about Kemal Ataturk, the father of the modern Turkish Republic, which we enjoyed very much. Uh, Gordon went over to Turkey to learn Turkish and learn more about the culture, and I'm sure he's going to have some interesting things to report. And no, in case you're wondering, this report will have nothing to do with Thanksgiving having taken place the week before. This will be an entirely different sort of Turkey Day. All right, at any rate, all of this having been said, which I think has eaten up half of our segment, let's jump into how we usually like to start this program, which is with On This Date in History, our date being November 1st. It was on November 1st in the year 1254 when Hayton, king of a region in what is now Turkey, left the Mongol capital of Karakorum after a six-week visit. His account of that trip is one of the first and most detailed chronicles of the powerful Mongol Empire which I guess will make our show at the end of November kind of an update. We won't be able to update much about Karakorum, however, when the Chinese finally did conquer their Mongol overlords. They pretty much removed every brick what was once the world's most opulent city. If you do go to Mongolia today, they will take you to a tour of the Karakorum site, which, to my understanding, is pretty much a cow pasture. All right, on November 1st in 1492, the Italian explorer Christopher Columbus, realizing that he was not in Japan, decided that Cuba was, in fact, the Chinese mainland. On this date in 1755, a great earthquake and subsequent tsunami destroyed the Portuguese capital of Lisbon. About 12,000 homes were destroyed. About 60,000 people died, including many in church for All Saints Day Mass. And although Mr. McMillan hints that this may have been God himself getting back at the Portuguese for the antics of Vasco da Gama, 
This correspondent does not concur with that conjecture. We still would refer you back to our archives for the wonderful show we did with Nigel Cliff about Vasco da Gama. November 1st in 1858, shaken by the recent Indian mutiny, Great Britain announced a new policy that left the princely states of India intact rather than annexing them into a unified nation of India. On November 1st, 1922, about two years after the first commercial radio station began broadcasting in the U.S., that was KDKA in Pittsburgh, 524 stations in the U.S. had received licenses. And sadly, on November 1st, 1952, the United States of America detonated the world's first thermonuclear weapon, the hydrogen bomb, on Aini Weetok Atoll in the Pacific, which was pretty much vaporized. It was pretty much the baby of mad scientist Edward Teller, the inspiration for Dr. Strangelove. Teller thought this would keep the world safe from Soviet aggression because we would have the H-bomb and they wouldn't. But it would turn out the Soviet Union would explode its own H-bomb the following year, largely based upon <laughs> the uh, intelligence it gathered from our atomic and hydrogen bomb projects, which allowed them to shortcut the whole process. Our quote of the day comes from John Kenneth Galbraith, which might be apropos for an electoral season. He said, The conventional view serves to protect us from the painful job of thinking. Our quip of the day, and by the way, a lot of these quips we'll be using during November come from an old email sent to us by Millicent. Thanks for that, Millie. But God, how I love this one. The quip is, He must have been an incredibly good shot, which came from the legendary Noel Coward, said upon being told that someone had blown his brains out. And no, we don't know to whom he was referring. Our joke that it comes from Jay Leno, who said recently, A friend of Lindsay Lohan says she's not in a good place because people around her keep throwing her under the bus. You know, said Jay, as long as Lindsay's under the bus and not driving it, I'm going to feel okay. All right, our stat of the day, which we've sat on for a year, I think, according to the Josephson Institute of Ethics, is that 59% of American high school students say they cheated on a test during the prior year. 21% say they stole from a parent or other relative. And 80% say they lied about, quote, something significant, unquote, to a parent. 92% of them say they're satisfied with their own personal ethics and character. And finally, a bonus, quote, quip joke is... <laughs> How the Economist elected to caption a remark made by the former vice president about the current one. Said Richard Cheney, after the vice presidential debate, what I saw in Joe Biden last night, I would not want to see in a guy sitting in the Oval Office. Which the Economist captioned, former Vice President Dick Cheney wishes Mr. Biden were more like him. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to New Scientist magazine, it was a good week, a few weeks back, for pain sufferers. Apparently, the Institute of Molecular and Cellular Pharmacology in France have identified an analgesic protein, which does not affect the opioid receptors, which we tend to rely upon for pain relief. 
The source of the compound? Venom from a black mamba. Apparently this protein from the venom blocks the ion channels that lead to pain. And this protein has now been purified into a new drug currently being tested on mice. It has the potential to avoid the nasty side effects associated with morphine and oxycontin and hydrocodone, etc., which of course include addiction, along with breathing problems, and of course the notorious constipation. And if by chance you think that constipation doesn't deserve to be mentioned along with the other two serious issues, addiction and breathing problems, well, luckily for you, you're not aware of how bad a problem that can be, which I hope, frankly, you never find out because of these new proteins coming out of snake venom. By the way, for promotion, we've talked about various interesting compounds that have been derived from poisons from the animal world, and sometime next year we're going to talk about that topic with our friend crack pharmacologist Howard McKinney. Howard is always an interesting guy to talk to, and we look forward to doing that in 2013. It was, on the other hand, a bad week for Goldman Sachs Public Relations, <laughs> which there have been an awful lot of weeks like that, with the news a month or two ago that uh, former employee Greg Smith resigned and put a piece in on the New York Times op-ed page which was pretty critical and accused colleagues at Goldman Sachs of referring to their clients as Muppets. Now, in response to this last week, and God knows, they probably should have let sleeping dogs lie, Goldman Sachs announced that they, bank, had sifted through millions of emails in an effort that was internally nicknamed the Muppet Hunt to find 4,000 Muppet references in the emails, to which Goldman Sachs claims that 99% of those referred to last year's movie of the same name. And finally, it was an ugly week last week for public relations involving Madonna in the wake of Colorado fans getting upset after Madonna used guns during a performance in a community, this would be Denver, Colorado, that is still raw from a mass shooting at a local theater. The story is that during Madonna's second act at her show Thursday night of last week at the Pepsi Center, the 54-year-old singer used a fake gun to shoot a masked gunman, accompanied by images of blood spattering on a large screen behind the stage. She used this rather tasteful set for her performance in other cities as well for the song Gang Bang, which includes the lyrics, quote, shot my lover in the head, unquote. Noted the Associated Press, the scene reminded some concert goers of the July 20th shooting in the Aurora Theater that killed 12. Now for her part, Madonna's press agent, Liz Rosenberg, who probably also should have let sleeping dogs lie, came forward to say there was no way to eliminate the scene because it's a core part of the show. Said Rosenberg, quote, it's like taking out the third act of Hamlet, unquote. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die, to sleep, no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to, tis a consummation devoutly to be wished. And yes, dear listener, if you thought that was the immortal William Shatner performing Hamlet, well, you're right. 
And we would like to note, as regards Madonna's lyrics about shot my lover in the head, that if that were turned around and it was a matter of her lover blowing her brains out, we would note, a la Noel Coward, that he'd have to be an awfully good shot. And on that note, let's take a short break. Mr. McMillan, I would like more Bill Shatner if you can arrange that. Picture yourself in a boat on a river. That's perfect. You're listening to Radio Parallax, I'm Douglas Everett. Let's come back and talk politics in our second segment. We have an election coming up. Answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Cellophane flowers of yellow and green towering over your head. Look for the girl with the sun in her eyes, and she's gone! Oh, oh. 